which is the situation in Turkey and Syria. An earthquake which was centered in southeastern Turkey has now killed officially more than 2,500 people. But as I've been saying all morning, that number um, will be much, much, much higher before all is said and done. Sadly, thousands more injured in Turkey and in Syria. It was a 7.8 magnitude quake. What does that mean? We'll find out in a minute. Uh, It struck before dawn, okay, so people were in their homes, and if you've seen video, um, hundreds of buildings came down, uh, just high-rises, residential apartment buildings collapsed in a second. Uh, Residents are trapped under the rubble, obviously. Um, Syria, just coming through the civil war and the crisis that's gone on there, I mean, it's just a humanitarian disaster that's unfolding. Countries around the world offering help uh, the European Union and NATO also stepping up. Um, it's uh, it's awful. It really, really is. So let's get some insight as to what happened, what the expectation is with an earthquake like this, and, and what we might see in the days to come. We're going to chat with Dr. Katsu Goda, who's an associate professor of earth sciences at Western and the Canada Research Chair in Multi-Hazard Risk Assessment. Dr. Goda, thank you for joining us. Appreciate your time today. Thank you. Uh, let's let's just start with this magnitude scale that we use. It used to be called the Richter scale. It's not anymore. Um, it's it, it works in orders of magnitude, right? Like when you see an increase, it's 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 an exponential increase. Explain how the scale works and what seven point eight on that scale means. Okay. So in general, like it, as you say, it's a logarithmic scale. So like if we have a difference, say magnitude seven and six, say then like the released energy is uh, is different by uh, 32 factor of 32. So if you see uh, two magnitude difference, then the released energy is a difference of magnitude thousand factor. Wow. Okay. Uh, in terms of how severe of an earthquake this is, at 7.8, uh, where does that put it in order of um, power? Well, I mean, I cannot for sure say like how much kind of energy it relates to, but like it's it's pretty destructive. Um, like uh, uh, San Francisco earthquake was close to like in magnitude, so like uh, and then that created fires and a lot of collapses. Mm-hmm. Uh, the largest history like uh, in Canada like uh, occurred uh, was the, the 2012 um, 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 the uh, um, uh, Queen Charlotte earthquake um, that was magnitude 7.8, but because there was not many people live there, but here uh, in Turkey, there's a lot of people live there. So that's a huge difference. So it's it's almost impossible then to say what kind of destruction a 7.8 magnitude quake would cause because it's specific to where it strikes, correct? Correct. And then, like, as, you, as we saw in many uh, video footage, like, uh, you know, the high-rise building and, like, collapsed. Yeah. And then uh, partly because of the, the how the buildings are constructed in Turkey. And then, like, we saw that the instantaneous kind of um, the collapse, like a, like a pancake uh, cra- uh, collapse of the building. And then that indicates that the, some of the, the engineering was not uh, adequate. And then that killed so many people. And then people d- would not have any time uh, to... to, to ev- to evacuate from the building. So I would suspect that the, the huge amount of uh, additional fatality uh, would happen. When we talk about Syria, we, we know what's gone on in that part of the world for the past 10, 12 years. Uh, infrastructure has been completely devastated to begin with. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, Turkey, obviously not in that same position. But do you, what do you know about that part of the world and its ability to withstand a 7.8 magnitude quake? Because the pictures of the destruction, Doctor, are it's pure devastation in some places. 
I, I agree with you. Um, I, I think the uh, the rescue operation is, is critical. So, like, we are looking at the, the 72 hours uh, windows for the, the survival uh, from those okay. disasters. And then, like, snow and rain happening. So this time window of survival is shortened for sure. And then, like, uh, the infrastructure, like uh, water, sanitation, everything is necessary. So I afraid, I'm afraid that the, the Syrian side, like, there's not much kind of humanitarian kind of support in there. Probably in uh, Turkey side, like there's a lot of uh, organized yeah. kind of act uh, would be there. So, yeah. In terms of aftershocks, I know there was the initial quake, and then I think it was about 10 hours later, another quake of the same magnitude struck, causing even further damage. What's your what's a reasonable expectation in terms of the length of this event? Do you think it's over? Will there be more aftershocks? I would think that this is going to be more, uh, there going to be more uh, aftershock. Uh, so, like, in general, like, um, the, if the, the magnitude of 7.8 happened, then the, the largest magnitude expected is about 6.8. But the, given that the already 7.5 happened, mm-hmm. then, like, a significant kind of increase uh, hazard and risk exists, and then this persists for uh, weeks, even months. That part of the world, how prone is it to earthquakes? Have we seen massive quakes like this before? I mean, I I saw a tweet earlier from somebody just last week, uh, somebody from Muirfield saying uh, a quake there is imminent. So this was not completely unexpected? Well, I mean, it, it is expected. Uh, so this is a kind of uh, the southern boundary of the, the Anatolian uh, fault uh, kind of block. So uh, the northern part, which goes directly into the close to uh, Istanbul, uh, raptured about uh, 20 years ago, 1999, and it killed about 17,000 people. Then, like this one is the, the southern part of the, the the tectonic kind of movement, and then I think that this was this has been relatively quiet. But mm-hmm. that is, that means simply they were I mean the faults were accumulating the the strain, and then this happened just just today. Um, yeah, and in, in terms of I guess like you say, there's that 72-hour window. Um, where lives can be expected to be saved. We're already approaching, uh, coming up on, I think, about 16 hours. So the clock mm-hmm. starts ticking immediately. Um, when we have aftershocks, does that change it? Does it shorten that window? I imagine it would, right? Well, I mean, like the, the activity, like what we can do depends on the aftershock. So if there are aftershock, then like we should not go, of course, like we have to save more lives, but like we should not create another fatality. Yeah. So we have to think about those balances that those who are alive, who are doing the rescue activity. But if there are a significant aftershock uh, hazard, then we, we should uh, proceed uh, very cautiously. How, how do you do that, though? How do you make that assessment, Doctor? I mean, I mean, we see people flocking um, to the collapsed buildings and places like that, desperate to try and find any survivors. Are, are you saying it might be prudent to have them stand? I mean, how do you make that calculation? Well, it is a very difficult uh, things to, to to evaluate. So, like uh, whatever the uh, the authority, if red tape, then that means that there is additional kind of a collapse risk uh, from the the in, I mean seemingly intact uh, building. But like there might be internal cracks and etc. So the people should not go into those red tag or the yellow tag building. Um, yeah, well, it, it is very difficult to, to predict yeah. what would would happen.
Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's just, an, and I guess that's the last question. I mean, even we, even knowing that this is an area that's prone to this kind of activity, you cannot completely protect from it, right? I mean, I imagine there are parts of the world where some of the infrastructure is better able to withstand something like this, but this is an earthquake that's going to be destructive no matter where it happens, correct? I would think so. Like, magnitude 7.8 is one of the largest. And then, like, it's uh, it's uh, extreme to have, like, uh, two shocks of the similar yeah, uh, yeah. size. So we might be designing the buildings for one shock, but like, not necessarily for two shocks or multiple shocks. So, again, I would expect that some additional damage would happen to the buildings and they might kill more people. Yeah, it's just an awful, awful situation. Doctor, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. That is Dr. Katsugoda, who is an associate professor in earth sciences at Western University and the Canada Research Chair in Multi-Hazard Risk Assessments. And as I said, this uh, this is a situation that continues to unfold, and unfortunately, it's only going to get worse from here. Uh, here is the latest information. More than 2,500 people have been confirmed to have died. Thousands more have been injured. But uh, as you heard from the doctor, and as I was saying, that that... Those numbers, unfortunately, are just the start, and uh, they are likely to go up in a big, big way uh, in the coming days. Uh, if you're not on social media, I'm sure it's now starting to show up on different broadcast outlets, and it'll be on the new newscasts uh, in Edmonton and Calgary, I'm sure, for global. Um, because everybody has the cell phone and everybody has a camera now, I, I, I can't tell you how many different videos I've seen of buildings, apartment buildings, you know, big, tall, high-rise apartment buildings just collapsing in a second, uh, in the night. So you know people were in those buildings. So that death toll of 2,500, um, likely just the start. Uh, this quake is one of the strongest to hit that region in more than 100 years now. The exact location is 23 kilometers east of Nerd Nerdagi, if that's how it's pronounced, in Turkey. Uh, it was 24.1 kilometers below the Earth's surface. And as the doctor said, the aftershock started up shortly after. There's been a number of aftershocks, including one that measured 7.5. The initial earthquake was 7.8. One of the aftershocks, 7.5. Uh, as I said, a number of countries have jumped in to offer assistance and to do what they can, but... Uh, Sadly, the damage already done. Also, some stories about, you know, the the historic, um, globally significant archaeological sites in Syria that have been damaged as a result of this. And you know what the situation is in Syria. There's been civil war in that country for a very, very long time. Infrastructure non-existent in several parts of that country. A number of people forced from their homes, living in encampments and things like that. So um, it's just adding more and more misery to uh, life in some parts of Syria. And on top of all of that, it is the winter. And um, as the doctor said, there's rain and snow in some places where they're trying to carry out these rescue operations. It's just, it's, uh, it's a, it's just horrific. It really and truly is. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.